This episode of Coastal Bias is sponsored by Royalty Slay. You can find Royalty Slay on Instagram at royalty.slay. She's a ponytail queen. She specializes in weaves, natural hair, and everything else. Welcome to Culturally Biased, the podcast for the people. And you know they got the touch like Midas. Them local pods give you a touch of the itis. If y'all subscribe to anything else, it must be a minus, man. The dopest combos every week, yeah, you know it's lit. And they always dropping jewels, better get a grip. Them topics hit like a no-look left from Danny Swift. Them discussions are mean, you know the guests wanna be when shiz and O on the scene. Look, them animals at this podcast, ignore the poachers. And we coming for that spot, boy, I thought I told you. Current events, business tips for the culture. And that's including everyone except the poachers. Welcome to Culturally Bias, where we discuss everything in the culture, for the culture, by the culture, excluding the vultures. Episode 102, I'm your host, O. We have a we have a we have a very special we have two very special guests. He's not special though anymore. Um, he goes by the name of uh, Power Father these days. Power Father. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have a question though before we get started. It's Shizzy, by the way. Um, oh my god! No, they know me, bro. I was on eighty two episodes. Relax, yo. <laughs> they know me. <laughs> Relax. Cause. Where is mine? He like going he up the Poconos on like a romantic retreat. They on couples retreat, cause. Oh, couples retreat. Yeah, but the crazy thing is he wasn't going. He about solo. No, oh, he wasn't going to tell me that he was going on a trip. So when we did a uh, recent podcast, they Reese told you. Reese was like, Reese was like, yo, did you tell O you're not going to be there next week? I thought he had like a, a UFC event for the bum fight. <laughs> <laughs> down, down, downtown schedule. <laughs> Who knows what he was he be doing, man? Somewhere with a bad score, just tripping. How Solid. are you, man? How you been? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, I'm good. You appreciate know. you. Appreciate you standing in. Oh man, tonight, man. Yeah. It's like riding a bike, man. Yeah, the road, the road's reversed. It's a rough just, week, though. Uh, really? Yeah, I mean, you know, one year anniversary of Kobe. Yeah. Cicely yeah. Tyson passed. Yeah, rest in peace. John Chaney today. John Chaney. John Chaney was like my dad. I, yeah. I needed John. John Chaney was like my dad growing up. Yeah. Wow, I have to tell my mom. John Chaney, my most memorable thing right. about John Chaney is I had to sit in the goods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why I love John Chaney. It did what he is ready to kill Kyle Perry, man. John Chaney is the GOAT. Uh, John Chaney told my son he was soft, too. For real? Yeah. Uh, he used to hang out at, like, Walnut Lane mm-hmm. Golf Course. And I was like, you know, I was telling John, I was like, you know, he hoop. He was like, yeah, he look a little soft. Really? He was like six, yeah. Yo, John, John Chaney, Chaney don't care. He's nuts, crazy. Man. He's crazy. He's like, he look a little soft, but you'll, you'll work it out. Yeah, uh, yeah, we lost a few people in the culture over the past couple weeks. For sure, Hank Aaron, rest in peace. For sure, him, Cicely Tyson and John Chaney today. You know what I mean, for sure. Uh, How you though? You good? Yeah, I'm straight, man. Uh, not really going on, you know. Just, just work. Just figuring this podcasting out, man. Got a special guest in the building. Yes, and we have a very important time in today. uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Professional, very professional. That's my family, cause that's the scope. It is. We we all might get get a uh, quick little pre checkup. Make yeah. sure make sure the, the the blood pressure is good. Yeah, blood pressure. You, you know, make sure your diabetes. The vitals is, is good. Make, make sure, sure your sugar good. <laughs> the levels is good. Have that copay. <laughs> <laughs> Have that copay. She about the bag. That's what I like to hear. Oh man. Um, we have a very special guest. Uh, very important topic, too. Very important topic. We've been doing important topics all month. We got to, uh, after this episode, uh, we just go and just do all fun stuff for like a week. I oh, so right into Black History Month, you going to lighten it up and be funny all month? Solid. You, See, you know, you're not for the culture. Yeah, he said he for the culture. Mm-hmm. So that's this is what you going to do? You going <laughs> to say it like this? You're a consultant. <laughs> so, bro, you going to get I gave you a new title and everything today. Bro. You're the consultant to the podcast, <laughs> and I don't like the way you acted. So going into the month of Black History, I didn't. I forgot it was about to be. You gonna get funny? Power so. to the people, right? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Damn man, introduce our guest, man. Be uh, Lakeisha Settles. Hello, 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 family. What's going so on? So happy to be here, hanging with you. Finally, finally been trying to work yeah. this thing out. Yeah, schedules. Schedules are definitely clashing. Um, it's crazy because I actually wanted to bring you on uh, two weeks ago. My fr- a friend of mine has uh, has is fighting with kidney disease and uh, mm-hmm. he's on dialysis. So it was like the two topics I wanted them to be right behind each other, but mm-hmm. I had to move him and just move things around. But 
these those two episodes were supposed to be together. But, okay. But we here now. But so. we're here. Yeah, shout out to Mike. Shout out to We Here Now. <laughs> right, now is the perfect segue for them. Shout out to We Here Now. What's up, Keish? Um, I, I don't know if it'd be professional, it'd be like family wise, but. um. Well, I'm here. Let's, uh, <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, let's. Um, I'm always professional. So, some of the topics we're going to discuss tonight uh, why are black men scared of the doctor? Mm. That's in, that's in real life. Yes, very important. I was like that at Starts one point. Starts real young. Yes. Yeah. Um, white coat syndrome, ain't that what they call yeah. it? Yeah. White coat. White coat. Yeah. Your blood pressure go blood up. Blood pressure you, go you, up. When, you, when them white coats come out. Um, Some people like to use that um, as an excuse why they're in a the doctor's office. They said, my blood pressure's up because I'm in this office. It's just in this office. That's not true. No, I was up and from the rip. It's so <laughs> not true. Not 20 points. Not 20 points. Not 20 points. 20, 30 points. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Five so, or six, I'll be like, okay. Yeah, like that. That's a bad um. Yeah. So we say, okay, I'm going to send you home with this monitor. And right. they, they're home with the monitor. <laughs> and it's 2 a.m. The blood pressure monitor is on them reading 210 over 100. You're going to sleep with that hypertension yeah. on your way to a Stroke. Whoa. Jesus. It's um, really people walking around two times. There's people to? walking around here that you're utterly amazed that I have had to send to the hospital if they're in a clinical setting, um, outpatient setting, right. send them into the hospital. So yeah. it's a lot of um Two tennis nuts. Fears. Two tennis nuts. Two tennis yeah. And there's a deadly stroke. Right. Um you have to get the knowledge in, and then you have to do it in a way that, especially with our black men, that maintains their manhood, right. their integrity, and respecting the reasons why. And okay. it's usually a knowledge deficit is a fear. Mm-hmm. Um, as you guys know, you are men. You respond to fear differently. Right. Women respond to fear and react. Men respond to fear and stand their ground. Yeah, we get, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, so can, can we can we just start with uh, your title and yeah, what you do? That's where go. So I am Lakeisha Saddles. I am a registered nurse. Mm-hmm. I am a nurse educator. I am a health advocate for all cultures, specifically for my own with pertinence on um, black America men mm-hmm. and women. And the neuroscience, uh, that is your stroke, that's your brain injuries, that's your spinal cord injuries. Um, I graduated from, should we go into that? Yeah. I graduated from Widener University undergrad. I went right into high school. I went right to college straight from high school. Knew I wanted to be a nurse as an asthmatic child at Children's Hospital, and they took great care of me. I said, I want to do that. Never changed my mind. Stuck the course Finished school, hated neuroscience, couldn't stand it, <laughs> couldn't figure how did this brain cross over like this, and came out. And for the last twenty five years, I've been a neuroscience, neuroscience nurse. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, um, I just gotta digress a little bit because, mm-hmm. uh, growing up in the inner city, mm-hmm. how did you have that confidence to stick with the path of nursing? Because a lot of our young people get to get. Deterred mm-hmm. um, when we get those sciences, and mm-hmm. then you start getting the big boy sciences, and mm-hmm. you got to take a lot of maths. And exactly. people say, "Okay, I'm going with sociology." Exactly. So first things first, I was raised by Vikings. Right. If you are committed to whatever it is that you say you're committed to, they groomed and shaped you to that idea. Not that you're going to be a nurse. You you like nursing? Okay, we're going to schools that promote the sciences. We're going to schools that promote the um, continuing education. So you're on a track to college For sure. when you right. set that up. So my single mother, who did an amazing job of mm-hmm. raising two me and my my brother and myself in their inner city um, with family support, who sacrifices that I only came to closely understand once I became right. a mother, but. And that she kept me devoted and directed. It wasn't that it was a drill thing with me. It was, this is your desire. I'm going to give you everything you need to get there. And it was constant encouragement, constant stick with it, constant some things you're going to learn how to sacrifice. That's very important for all of our young parents that are listening because we play a vital role in the careers our children choose. So like your mother saw that and said, okay, this Mm -hmm. is the path we have to take. Mm -hmm. I'll do the research. We'll figure out the schools that we need to go to to keep you on that path. A lot of us don't have those conversations with our kids about careers. And then the kid goes to school and he's an art major and he can't find work when he gets out because he studied 
It's a difference in doing. (laughs) Liberal arts. It's so true. It's a difference of doing the things that you want to do versus the things you have to do. I wanted to become a nurse. Um, When I worked at in the gallery, I didn't want to work in the gallery. I had to work in the gallery because on top of me being on my track for education, my mom was also, you're a team player. Let's get some discipline in here. Oh, you want that hair done? It's a big help, though. Oh, yeah. You want those Lee jeans back in the day? You want those Reeboks? Oh, you want those stacks in your hair? (laughs) We need you to be an equal partner and do that. So understanding that that was something that I had to do to get to where I wanted to do. So when I wake up still after 25 years, Years of doing this i love what i do That's i love what hear. i do it's good to hear i'm i'm, I'm sorry go before ahead, we go get ahead, into these topics because you hit on another point of like you working and your mother making you a partner right i think that's very important i worked all the way through high school like mm-hmm. 15 working papers that's got right. a job that's right that's it but what i've seen from that is like when you working like these retail jobs these fast food jobs i was arguing with people that were like 35 and they're like how you get 42 hours i got 36 i said oh that's not for me i'm going to college yeah i'm not arguing nobody about we making six dollars yeah and we arguing over hours yeah Yeah. that's just just crazy like this this is not for me bro you got he got a real bill i'm just trying to get some sneaks (laughs) that's the amazing part of life we get to see the possibilities of what we can be and what we don't want to be. Yeah, right. For sure. What for you sure. don't want to be. And there's no judgment in that for whatever their circumstances and reasons Life are. Life all different ways. Life it, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It literally gives you the opportunity. So you say, I don't want to do that. So if yeah. I never had a visual of an adult doing that, know. I wouldn't know. But now that I have this visual, I know that's not what I want to yeah. do. And yeah. a discipline from school helps, though. I mean, from, from working helps mm-hmm. you become a little bit more responsible. Time, you got to manage your time. Management. Time management was the the, most important thing ever. If I could not coordinate my time, I couldn't coordinate studying. I couldn't coordinate working. And that idle time, free time, devil's playground. Devil's playground. Devil's playground. I could have been a teenage dad. (laughs) Glad I had a job. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, some of us several times. It's like <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, um, through your through, after your education, graduating all that, what, what hospitals did you work in? So, um, when I also said that I wanted to be a nurse, my mother at the time worked at the University of Penn. I am a Penn baby. I was born at the University of Penn, mm-hmm. and that was the other than Chop and mm-hmm. Pup right next door. Right. That was the only hospitals I ever saw. So I said, I'm going to be a nurse, and I'm going to work at the University. So that came out my mouth. I proclaimed that God in his infinite wisdom, let that be because I was committed to it. And then it wasn't until I started working at Penn. I said, wow, I remember saying, I'm going to work at University of Penn. I'm going to work at University of Penn as a little girl in my mom's office in Penn Tower that's now torn down and they building a whole brand new pavilion over there. I'm looking outside her office window and I could see the other side look across the street and see how I'm going to work there and mm-hmm. I must have been every bit of maybe 10 11 wow 10 11 mm-hmm. so somewhere around there being able to see that and knowing I've been at Penn my family members were patients at Penn we had family members other family members born at Penn yeah so I worked there and there I always say if you can work at the University of Penn you can work anywhere for I'm several reasons that. several reasons um, the training, the training, the skills is par none. They always, especially during this time when I first became a nurse, lined you up for greatness. They wanted to be excellent in everything. They wanted to be excellent in training. The other portion that Penn taught me is how to deal with other cultures, Okay, right. how to deal with other cultures of people and how to take my Southwest Philly girl self Mm-hmm. And position myself, and at the same time, not conform. Right. Right. So be true to yourself. Penn is not an easy place to do that. Um, cultural sensitivities, cultural um, inclusion, things like that, that was laid work that a lot of us had to chip away at. Right. Chip away at. You're in our area, you're in West Philly. Yeah. You're servicing down the bottom, Mm -hmm. you're servicing West Philly, Southwest Philly, Mm -hmm. and that area. Um, Where's your outreach? 
They're, they're great patients. Sure, right. we can make money, but how can we heal them? How can right. we make them better? So once Penn really started doing that outreach and we started trying to educate people, we started participating in things like Unity Day when they used to have that sure. on the parkway. Right. The first time I volunteered at Unity Day on a parkway, um, just with the neuroscience team and with some of the other nurses there, we were sending patients 90, mm-hmm. maybe 85, 85, 90% black males mm-hmm. to the emergency room from the parkway. Like, I need an ambulance. Wow. That's how high. And they were out with their families. That's right. how uncontrolled their blood pressures was. That's how un. Um, control their overall health was and we were really acting as doctors in that moment Mm -hmm. for them that was their doctor visit they don't go to the doctor for a number of reasons so and that now we have a bigger need and then it became well if they don't know why would they come so then it became my quest with education Mm -hmm. how can I educate how can I make us better? How can I make us healthier? And I understand my culture. I understand my people. I understand what we eat. I understand how we think. I understand the generational things that we have to break through. So we started from there. And then you just continue and then you advance. So whatever you decide you're going to do, you got to do it and do it well and perfect it. So if I want to be an educator, I got to go get this education degree. For sure. sure. Experience is one thing, but I need to know honestly, how to, know how to educate. I need to increase my skills, knowledge, information. I need to increase my bank right. because my money is used for influence. It's not just for covering and keeping. Money, I always say, my grandmother taught me this, bless her, that yeah. woman. Um, money is for movement. Okay. Money is for movement. So if it's making you more money, how are you going to move that information? Sure. How are you going to you know, get that out there? Mm-hmm. How are you going to service and educate on the level of where people are? Okay. Okay. So can we talk a little bit about uh, if you work on a neuroscience team, what that looks like, what type of doctors you work with, what other mm-hmm. team members you work with? So neurologists, neurologists, you have your neurologist, which is a neurospecialist, neuro, neuron, everything that has to do with nerves, the brain, the spinal cord, um, peripheral nerves, hands, fingers, mm-hmm. things like that. So in a neuroscience unit, I primarily deal with patients who have had strokes. Okay. You can have what is called the embolic stroke. That's a clot. And you can have a hemorrhagic stroke. That's a break in the vessel. So Mm -hmm. I can have a clot in a vessel or a break in a vessel. However, whichever way the normal flow of blood through that brain is impaired. I can also have injury because of a gunshot wound to the head. Or I have an injury to a gunshot wound to the spinal cord. And it's now severed. And the nervous uh, system no longer is encapsulated and able to flow. So there's a disruption in that. So I work heavily with the neuroscience doctors, which contains a neurosurgeon and a neurologist. Okay. Um, we are certified nurses who work in that setting. I work in a critical care setting, so I take care of the fresh stroke. So you came in, you came in through the ED. Right. Um, they stabilized you. You have a clot. We can see it. They took you to interventional radiology and they actually went into your groin, snaked all the way up to your brain and pulled this clot out to try to get flow back. Mm. And success, when that clot is removed without any further injury, total resolution of symptoms within two, three hours. For sure. Two, three hours. And this is why we have to educate. So if my mom is home and she's starting to have numbness to tingling and her face got slurred, please don't put my mom to bed. Put my yep. mom in a car or call 911 and take it to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> What's so important and what our culture is missing is that you have a window of time to get there for that to be corrected. Right. It's three hours. Okay. Yeah. The worst thing is a person that wake up with symptoms. I don't know how long you've been asleep. I don't know how long right. when it started. And you're waiting around trying to figure out if it's going to go away. Yeah. And you're waiting <laughs> around. Worse. So a man can be, a man can feel his arm slumped over, and he's you know pride. Right. Pride. I'm all right. I'm gonna just rub this in. You wasting time. Yeah. I went Where this with my father earlier. This, you can this reverse summer. it, yeah. or you can now after that three hours, whatever your deficit is, is your deficit. Yeah. So and dealing with that and then you're working a lot with physical therapy because now we have to prep you on your new state of being. Right. If it's one side weaker, if your swallow is off, if you can't walk or talk, some patients have to be intubated. Some patients have to where they can't breathe on their own because their injury is that bad and then working your way back from that. So we 
work with physical therapy. We work with occupational therapy. And of course, we work with the patient and the family. That is a very, very, very important part of this care team. Absolutely. As a nurse, I coordinate that between get the doctors, the pharmacists. We need medications. We need physical therapists. We need occupational therapists because that person, if they eventually the goal is to get them home. Is well, how how many steps you have to get in your house? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, can you get to the bathroom? Mm-hmm. Is it a fire? Am I throwing you down the steps, or can I get you out of here safely? <laughs> and that's real talk. People are like, you can't go home. They're in a wheelchair. They can't get upstairs. Or right. okay, well, can we set everything up downstairs? Right. Right. How is that? Um, so you have to talk with family. You have to talk with them. Are they capable of doing that? For you know, sure. you have young wives. They're forty, and their husband had a major stroke mm-hmm. at forty. That's not sexy. That's not. That's not sexy. She's not getting up for a while. She a baddie. (laughs) You know, she's looking like, I didn't sign up for this. You know, I got the big brody guy. Now I'm your mother. That's a lot. That's That's a a reality. I need to know that. But that's what we signed up for, though. If it's marriage, I mean. You You hope. If it's a girlfriend. <laughs> go ahead and get, pack your bags, sweetheart. Go ahead and buy your new out you do rap. She's out. You want it to be a marriage, and you better have been good to her. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Can we talk about uh, what the diversity looks like on a team like that you described? The, the neurosurgeon, nor, neurologist, you know. So I'm inclusive. So if I when I became a nurse in our family, I was the only nurse. Right. I think now we probably got like five or six. So it's like recruiting. Oh, I recruit. Moving. I recruit. I recruit. Right. I recruit, and so does other nurses. So primarily in my current clinical setting, it's hugely diverse. So okay. we have about more than sixty percent African American or Caribbean, um, and since some. I think one or two from some African nation, and please forgive me. One is that? It's okay. One is sixty uh, plus countries. Yeah. Is yeah. a million. One right okay. in that beautiful place. And then we have some Indian nurses. We have nurses with wide range of experience. Some who have done just neural for right. thirty years. I right. thought I was just bad at right. it. Or how long am I just glued to it? But no, there's some that's thirty years and then you have some young ones that are just coming in and they wanna take care of the sickest of the sick. Because right. if I can do that, I can advance my skills. I love that about I call them the millennial learners. They come in, they got a plan. I'm here you. Do we get that same diversity on the occupational health physical therapy team? Yes. And and neuro team as yes. well? Yes. Especially in inner city hospitals. Okay. They have no choice with that. And that brings to a point um, when you have nurses that come from different counties and different portions of it. One of the things I did in my um, master's program, um, I literally created a course. <laughs> it's called Cultural Care Nursing. Why? We have Muslim, we have Indian, we have um, Italian, we have all different cultures of people. Um, misinterpretations on cultural things that affect health. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you have a re- your religion plays heavy on your health decisions, I need to know your religion. Mm-hmm. Right. I need to know that as a Muslim man, I can't come in here as a woman and bathe you. Right. I need permission. I need to speak to your wife. I need your wife here. And if your wife says she needs my assistance to bathe you, then I do that. Um, I don't, we are, you know, patient has a full beard and it's like, oh, they're intubated. That's in the way. I'm just going to cut that down for convenience. Mercy. That has happened. And I'm telling you, I I believe that family eventually did sue. It was that bad. You have to understand their culture. For sure. You have some Asian cultures. Um, not common. These people are Hmong people, H-M-O-N-G. They're not Cambodian and they're not Chinese, but they're somewhere mixed in that culture. They do different techniques. They have monks. They do different techniques like the Cambodians and they do um, different rituals. And they had a, a, a patient that was sick and they were trying to heal them culturally like they do. So they take them to their priests. They take them, um, which we would call a pastor in our culture or a rabbi in Jewish culture, and they do different healing techniques. What well, it made marks on him, cupping. Mm-hmm. They thought the man was being abused. Mm. They thought they was being abused. Call the police, report, call right. social work. And it's like, no, you got to understand the difference and how it plays in the prioritizing of care. So, and this culturally biased, I mean, culturally, thinking of you guys, <laughs> and this culture care course, it was understanding what bias you have. And the first 
step to understanding biases is understanding your own cultural bias. Yep. Um, Being as though I work at HUP in Mm -hmm. OR, a lot of times I see nurses like treat their patients like they don't care about them. Mm -hmm. Um, I see that you took, you take it and you really care about your patients. Mm -hmm. Could you like elaborate on that? And just people not caring about their patients. How do you feel about that? That's the difference of loving what you do and just trying to get your bag. For sure. Um, That's the difference of and we all have bad days at work too, right? So mm-hmm. you may have seen someone ha- at, a, at, at a bad day, and you caught the, the worst of them. Yeah. Sometimes it's like that, but sometimes I, you, I know nurses that's like, "Yo, they're a piece of trash." I was just right. telling you when I was coming up here, it's like a mental health. You have to take care of yes. your mental. Yeah. Yes. When sure. as a nurse, you're taking on that whole responsibility of the patient. I'm not giving you meds and just keeping it pushing. Right. I'm giving you meds. I'm understanding you. I'm understanding your emotional being, how that's going to play into you participating. Like I said, patients and families are a part of that care team. If he's depressed or if she's upset, if she's anxious, if she, all of these different things, then you have to give your best. And when you find that work is hard, which it is in this COVID, right. Era like none other in 25 years, you will not, you would have never heard me say work is hard, right. work is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. If I'm dog tired, but I saved somebody's life, if I had to call this one and say, Mom didn't make it today, right. or right. Mom don't look like she's making it, so I need you to come up here, that's a plus for me. If they were, if they learned something new today, if a family told me, Thank you so much, if that alleviated the stress that I have, right. we usually are stressed out. Um, patients are stressed out when they don't have enough information. So you have to first find out the information that they need, and then you have to give them that in mm-hmm. a way that is simple terms. Please don't go in a room and start talking medical jargon for somebody that has no idea. Most people don't want to look uneducated, but they really are. Yeah, yeah, they really sure. are, right. and they don't for know, sure. so you don't make them feel bad about it. Let's explain this in simple terms. Right. Um, so when you have that, you need to as a professional is even being we do it for our nurses i've done it for nurses i've been pregnant i have three children i've been pregnant we were wobbling on a icu and like i am exhausted and i have had co-workers like step back i got you here right that needs to happen if you ever find out that it is uh, you know a nurse is really raggedy that's no other word for it, just being real raggedy most often she's disciplined by the nurses that see her right okay she's disciplined by the nurses that see her because at best, we're patient advocates. For sure. I'm here for you. You're pissed off. This doctor didn't explain this to you. You don't know what's going on. Okay, then I need to. I always felt like I got most of my information from the nurses anyway. You do. <laughs> you do. spend no, more time do. with the you nurses. Do. They check on you And they, right. get, they get all the information from us. For when sure. they come and assess you, they're looking at what I wrote down, right. what mm-hmm. I said, right. what the vitals are that I recorded, what nor exam I recorded, what a mm-hmm. drainage amount, if you had surgery or what have you. Um and your spine, we have these JP drains sometimes. Like, how much is that? Oh, what did it look like? They'll come and talk to us first, and then right, we'll right, talk to them. Right. We know our role. We know the importance of it. And we're okay in our role because we're necessary. For sure. Yeah. Um, nurses treat symptoms. Doctors find cures. Right. All right. Oh, it's good to hear. Um, let's talk about your the educator side, mm-hmm. what you're doing now. So I am faculty at Temple University (laughs) College of Public Health is what they call it now, but it's in the nursing program. And I am the instructor um, in the course, um, course educator for this semester. I do what we call the babies. These are the second semester sophomores. This is their first introduction to nursing, learning how to take blood pressure cuffs, learning how to do assessments. So I do that in the course room setting, and then I also do it in the clinical setting. So I teach them these things. We use evidence-based practice, um, meaning we didn't just pull this out willy-nilly. We tested this. We did research on this, and this is tested and approved. I I told my students today, I'm just coming from teaching, Anybody can do what I do. If I show you how to do injections and how to, uh, you know, turn a patient or give a med a certain way, we can do it. But we get paid to think. So I teach them how to be critical thinkers, how to think about what are you doing and why Why you're you're doing doing that and what result you're getting at. I love teaching students, although students are primarily an undergrad they're younger but i've had students in their 50s i've had change of career um mothers who were housewives forever and they decided all my kids are now big and i finally get to do my life i love that i had a grandmother one time 
who she raised all her kids and always wanted to be a nurse and didn't get a chance to do it. Mm. Her daughter said, Mom, it's never too late. She was 56 when she entered the program. She was 60 when she graduated. She operated as a nurse very well, worked five years, got vested, <laughs> got herself a nice little <laughs> pension <laughs> on top. And fulfilled something that was on her quote-unquote right. bucket, bucket list. Right. So I educate them um, in the clinical setting. I also, in the fall, educate the senior and junior nurses. And these are nurses who are, you know, they're at the end game. We're getting into critical care. We're managing a couple of patients at the same time. I'm giving them scenarios. Um, I always, what my students tell me that they like about me, um, this is what they say. I always tie in a knowledge or a skill and the nursing implications meaning why we're doing it with a story. Okay. It One student said, I was in the middle of the test and I remember the story you told me and it pieces it together. Right. Why, you know, we love some tea, especially <laughs> right. females. Right. You'll remember the tea before anything else right. and then you'll toss <laughs> it out like, okay, men too, some of you. Um, <laughs> you'll remember that piece of them like, oh, so yeah. They gave the insulin. They checked the finger stick again, and the insulin dropped. And then they were like, oh, we got to check this again. Was it the right valve? Those right. kinds of things. So we teach that. We teach them no harm to the patient. We, If they came and injured, our job is to stop the injury right at that point. You know, Stop the bleeding, stop the cause, and then build them up to be better. So it's both in the patient. So we're in the we're on the units. We're taking care of real life patients, and they're learning. And, you know, they go in with their hands shaking and mine name is and you know until they get to senior years and they walk in full confidence taking right, care right. of multiple patients and then in the course room we had to go online once COVID hit um, which is kind of, it's a little different you know yeah. you're zooming yeah. these are young people yeah. you know some of them a little hungover trying to get on him like listen just I just need, listen do this assignment <laughs> come on <laughs> hey I get it <laughs> do this assignment have your word keep it 100 with me always I never want to be those professors that had me when I was in college like oh my god oh my god she's so mean never right. that I don't um, I don't teach like that because fear does not teach you it cripples you so i teach them to be fearless ask me a question a thousand times matter of fact if you don't ask me questions i am on your tail because now i'm nervous because you think you know everything mm. right mm. okay um, we're gonna change gears we're gonna talk about uh this is one of, one of the main things that you're, <laughs> uh, uh black men not so more so being afraid to go to the doctor but not trusting doctors oh we have a Addict, we have adequate reason not to. Yeah, it's, a, it's a long history. Yeah. And then our people tell, like folk tells on everything. Right. We, For sure. And that's Bible. Right. Yeah, that's Bible. You're right. like, my dad said, and my dad, dad said, and my granddad always said, and they did these things. Um, alternative measures sure. and in some cases it has sustained them but then you want to you know you try to get past well why well, grandfathers um at a certain age that older generation like my great-grandfather who passed away in his sleep at 94 mm-hmm. who ate um salt pork south meat buttermilk but it was all natural Right. It wasn't right. processed. Right. He took a swig of whiskey just for my like. Grandpa, my great grandfather did the same thing every morning. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, little, how little did you eat that? Yeah, but he didn't eat McDonald's. He right. didn't eat a bunch of junk food. He made all his food. He was a great cook. So that generation was okay. The ones behind them, like my grandfather. So my grand, my great grandfather lived to be 94. My grandfather died of a massive stroke at 49. Oof. What was the difference? The food. A lot more, a lot more liquor. Mm-hmm. What, not, not the disciplined amount and consistency. Um, a lot of food. Mm-hmm. A lot of hard living. Right. Work till you die. That's not good. Music stress, soul high stress environments. High stress. Like yeah. You know, music soul child saying, you know, work till you die. That's not, no, that's, that's not, not a good thing. That's, that's not it. the that's move. That that's move. not it. That break that curse. That's not the move. You know, I work hard no matter what. I ain't miss a day of work. Yeah, with your blood pressure high, but you couldn't take one day to go to a doctor. Yeah. Right. One day to be an active participant. And I think that especially men and black men, it's, as they feel that they are inclusive in their care, you're not telling me what to do. Right. That's that pride. 
I'm not, this, I need you to do X, Y, and Z. You're going to tell me what to do. So this is how I look at it, right? If I go to anybody that's a specialist, mm-hmm. I'm taking all of your advice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I go to the dentist and the dentist say, hey, brother, you're not flossing in the back. Like, okay, I'm flossing in the back mm-hmm. now. Like, the, you're a specialist. Yeah, you have you 17 do. years of training. Yeah. If the barber tell me, yo, uh, you got to brush to get the waves, <laughs> I'm brushing to get the waves. Like, you know what I mean? You're 100% right. So, that's a bad analogy from a ball head, man, but <laughs> you see where I was going. No. But I just don't get how we get so defensive when it's like, and I think that's where the where where the color comes into play, where yep. you yep. you just can't take that authority figure being someone of another nationality right. telling you what to do. Imagine sure. if you were you have had negative or yes. bad experiences yes. with that Absolutely. culture of people. It has Absolutely. nothing to do with that specific. Person it's not that person. In front of you. It's your perception of that. It's culture. your perception. And but you, we want to live. You want to <laughs> live, and you have to make that decision. Um, you you want to live, and I always say, yo, find a doctor that's of your culture right. that has a knowledge base. Yeah, right. But then sometimes you get that. I don't want. I don't want him. He don't right. know nobody. He he. You know, he's not Jewish. He's not this. He right. he probably didn't study because now I'm putting my own bias and how mm-hmm. I may be cutting it short mm-hmm. on yeah. that person. And that person really studied. For they sure. really yeah. <laughs> studied, have experience, and are excellent at what they do. And a lot of times. When patients do finally come, it's almost like a uh, yep. they get dang, this would have been easier. But because of their own preconceived, and I'm not saying they're unjustifiable, yeah, um, experience, notions, and things like that, it deters them. Absolutely, I have seen wives pleading and begging, please, right. baby, go, 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 and then you know, as soon as something happened, then that. Wife is the one that has to call nine one one. You know the one I what we struggle with when we look at these numbers and statistics is like we are falling victim to a lot of preventative diseases. We like, wait. We wait to the like, last minute. But like, preventative is going to the doctor to right, identify exactly. any areas that are starting to look sketchy. Absolutely. You know, it's like you know, you I'm starting to have a little dull headache. You know what? Last time I checked your blood pressure, first time you came, yeah. you, you know, you were like 130, 140. Right. Okay, left that be. You came back six months later. I told you to come back in three months and just check it again, just yep. see how we doing. And you know, you're now 150, 160. So I see the trend. Yep. So let's stop the trend before Absolutely. the trend starts. Absolutely. You, know, you don't want to be on medications. Cool. Then I need you to change your lifestyle. Yeah, completely. I need you to change your lifestyle. <laughs> Not a so, week before you come to this appointment. <laughs> that's like diet patients with diabetes. And they, they go to the doctor's office and know that they're going to check their finger stick. But you just took your insulin. Right. So right. We, we game them we up real quick. Right. We say, all right, we're going to take your hemoglobin A1C. <laughs> so hemoglobin A1C is a blood test. And it takes that. It takes your hemoglobin to hook onto this cell Three months to get there. Ain't no cheating it. Right. I need that number to be below 5.2. Right. You can come in with a finger stick that says you're 99 mm-hmm. or you're 89 or something like that. But that A1C says 14. We got a problem. Right. And we have a problem. So they try to trick us, but they trick themselves and it doesn't help. So. You know, if you can prevent it before, then you say, what happened? I started walking. I had patients that they literally, I don't like to do this. Walking is free. Mm-hmm. Your leg's still moving. You didn't have a stroke yet. So I need you do me a favor. Oh, I got a track around my house. Walk around that track eight times once a day. Eight times. Two miles. Just yeah. walk that. Once a day. Somewhere in your day is going to take you how long? I don't know. A sitcom. Something like the time. You know, 20 minutes. Walk yeah. around. 24 That's minutes. It. Drink, increase your water. You're drinking three cups of coffee a day. Can we break it down to two? Next time I see you can break it down to one or something of that regard. And small, subtle changes are effective. Though that's right. not going to make a difference. Yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Yes, it is. Um, how, for a lot of people that look like us, diet is a big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cheap to eat unhealthy. It's so cheap. Very cheap. It's, it's so, so cheap. cheap. And that's it. That, and don't get me started with that one because that's. Intentional. I mean, we live in food deserts. We have a lot of odds intentional. Yes, it's intentional. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's addictive. That's a conversation for for sure. day. <laughs> it is. It's addictive. And you, you but have that. I still say that some, for some reason, we starting to know some of these things now. Mm-hmm. We picking up on it. Mm-hmm. And we got to make the necessary changes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Like if hypertension runs in my family, like, hey, I got to slow up on the salt, slow up yeah. on the sugar. Like, I got to figure this out. Like, I see people working 
working out and you know running lifting weights and doing things like that when i was a runner before my energy my injury the first thing i said i'm um, basically running from this hypertension diabetes like my mom was 130 pounds 140 pounds with hypertension why genetics yep, yep, here we yep. are in play yep, she yep. you know she is since under control and she still has been able you know to maintain her weight she probably thinks she's a little cushy for her age but she's fabulous right um th those things you have to realize if my father died of a massive stroke at right. 49 <laughs> right. and then my brother has a massive heart attack at 49, right. like, okay, we got to stop right. flag on right. the play. Um, we're going to try to keep these chains moving, but we're going to have to change something For here. Sure. It cannot be. All right. My dad did it. My brother did it. I don't, I'm not next in line. Yeah. I'm yeah. not next in line. Yeah. And a lot of times we get to see that and we just have to start educating them. And you, you do it very subtle especially for men over 60, very subtle, very softly, and you better incorporate family that has your support. Right. So as you're subtly saying it there, I have a wife that's changing like the contents of the food. So make it food, yeah. make it good. She, if she's a good cook, she can know how to toss it up and, yeah. and reduce the sodium that's in it and, yeah. and, and provide other options. And Even plate like size, right? Because I mean, you. look at our, our plates is like this. Oh. You go to Cheesecake Factory, it's this. You always bring up Three Cheesecake Factory. Three mil. Cheesecake Factory is, is massive. It's massive. Like, bro, the medium plate, they come with the, 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 the dinnerware set. Yeah. Like, use the medium, the joint right in the middle. The, the, the small plate is cool for that's, you. Yeah, you can use it. It wasn't until I went to Paris that I saw we just are out of whack. Yeah. The McDonald's small was actually a small. Right. Right. The when you saw that a coffee right. rich real coffee, you know, some espresso we have ours like diluted it's crap. Yeah. Real espresso. You want to get that punch that small like that portions, small frequent meals. That's what increase our metabolism. Yep. Small, frequent meals. Mm -hmm. You say, well, they eat all the time. They're eating small, small frequent and meals. And you're getting a 32-ounce soda. Right. right. <laughs> so you just right. dope 30, 48 grams of sugar in your body. Like, oh, people eat meals. They eat, I mean, they can drink their calories. Right. Like, yeah. you just drink enough calories, and you could have had, like, a steak and vegetables or right. something like that, something grilled, uh, a full plate of food for what you had and how much you for sure. and your regular sodas and things like that. Um, don't get me wrong. We all have our vices. We, we all have the things that yeah. we like. You Absolutely. know, you see this ginger ale over here. That's my thing. Yeah. That's black folks doctor. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Better believe it. Drink some of the ginger ale. It, 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 it soothes me. It makes me happy. But in all seriousness, it is, the, you know, these But you got the water right behind it. Like, yeah. You got know what I mean? the water behind <laughs> it. If I show you this thing that I bought, is a gallon of water. I'm better at drinking it while I'm at work because we're mm. so thirsty. Yeah. We're moving about. So so I know that these three, four days a week, I'm going to get a gallon of water in a 12 hour shift. Yeah. So it does you help hydrated. you. Yeah. It does help you. And a good thing about it, once you start feeling healthy and doing a little bit better, you will recognize when it's like, oh, it's that icky feeling coming mm -hmm. again. I've seen men transform their entire life um, after a really bad health scare. I had a patient, he told me he couldn't get snatch. And his slurred speech. I was like, why, why are you taking your medication? I, slurred. I couldn't get no snatch. And I'm like, what is snatch? His wife is in the chair fuming. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what? I said, what's snatch? She said, sex. <laughs> so he didn't like taking his blood pressure medication because it interfered with his sexual experience. Now, we're going to talk. We're going to talk. This is the primary right. reason why black men, especially not just only black men, but we're talking about black men today, will not take medication. I, I took that. I couldn't keep it going. My party ended. I wasn't ready for my party to end. Right. I, I, I started that med. I'm not taking that more. Stop taking that med. Now I can go ahead and get that snatch. I'm like, I could have helped you. Right. You just need that blue pill. We can <laughs> fix all of this. Right. Take your snatch and go your blue pill with it. Right. And let's work on some of these lifestyle changes Here so we, we can go. get you off your meds. You really, you want to get snatched and pass out or you want to get snatched and really have her trip right. it out? Come on, I can help you do that. Right. And you thinking, where, now you young, healthy, now you, you done lost 15 pounds. That make a huge difference. For sure. You lost some weight. Now you don't have to take as much as this pill that you don't like. And then now we can wean you off of the blood pressure medication and keep still keep giving you the stuff that's going to give you the snatch. Right. Right. So, 
once he knew that, it was like an awe moment, but it was post-stroke. Right. Now, right. he would go to rehab, and I kid you not, his wife was in her 50s. She was fine. She, she ready to hit the streets. Oh, she was She cute. was shopping. I she said, was shopping. You, I said, listen, I see how you keep her. You in this gown, but I see how this woman is kept. So right. that means she's out here. She's young, agile. She has it. Right. You want somebody else looking at her? Yeah. You want to die? Yeah. And then all that money you had stacked yeah. up, she going to spend it all. Her With the new her dude. New dude. <laughs> With the new dude is the problem. With the new young boy. With the new young boy. So in that case, you have men who come close to it, and I tell them that story. Listen, I had a patient just like you. You locked up. You're still alive. You still have a right. little weakness. Rehab right. can fix that. It can right. take you to right. physical therapy. We can fix that. But you don't want to be here again. Yeah. So right. what was your problem? Be honest with me. Yeah. I see you in here with your gold chains all hooked up. You know how they do. Yeah. I said I saw your picture, your wife done boarding here, the family, you back there with the kids in the background and you all you know, you you was muscle bound then. Now you done got thicker and right. you know, now you feeling yourself. But now you can't do that. Now you can't sit up straight. Now your side is weak. Now oh, your man, I'm going to the gym when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> so my love, he works out all the time because he his motivation is seeing other black men who are 20 years older than him in great shape. Yeah. Broke the curse. Yeah. Show yeah. you old pictures of them. They look better now than what they look before. It's never too late as long right. as you breathe and are walking. Right. And uh, he just, I, I want to feel good. And once you get that taste of feeling good, it's true. It's addictive. It's addictive. Yeah, it's addictive. And then just like the bad food was addictive. Mm-hmm. It's addictive. And then you have your, then your homies see you, your family see you. Like, well, you know what? I don't know too much, but I'm gonna come hang with you. Right. I'm gonna just go to the gym with you and right. and, and get at it. And that's your partner. That's yeah. your partner. That's someone who's doing the same thing you're doing. That's someone whose dad died young. Someone who had family have hypertension, diabetes, cancer, right. and all these other. And that's why elements. I go to the doctors, right? Because my mom passed super young mm-hmm. from what she thought. You know, she passed from an aneurysm, mm-hmm. but she just thought it was headaches. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she passed super young, so I go to doctors for everything. So I'm mm-hmm. in there for no reason. He's like, bro, like yeah. you just but stressed out. Like it, you can get up out of here. It's amazing. How so many people don't have a PCP. Like yeah, yeah. for sure. It's amazing. For I mean. sure. Yeah. Even if you have a nurse practitioner that you went to see um routine just routine routine is every six months yeah yeah and even the fact that like when something bad does happen when they can't mm-hmm. refer to any of your records because yeah. no records exist because you've never been to the doctors so you're like a pandora's box right. you know you so come like, we gotta go through every try, test now piece through records and we stuff. gotta go through every test i had now. a patient one day was like what is afib i said that's what you're in he was like, what is that <laughs> like you having a serious arrhythmia throwing clots out your body and you're like well what happens with that and i have to give a whole lesson right and then and don't get me wrong it's a lot of times i have to talk to my people like my people listen homes your 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 atrium the top part of your heart right you know right. all these chambers and if i gotta pull it up on my phone or pull out and i'm like it's doing this it should be doing this right it's doing this right what does that mean blood is sitting what happens when blood sit i don't know blood clots yeah so then when it gets back to pumping all that stuff that was sitting, now clock. we're pumping clots. We're pumping clots. Right. So Send that clot, over. go to your brain, <laughs> yeah. go to your heart. We'll come back around and go in the artery of your heart and drop you dead. They'll right. find yeah. out about you at the autopsy. Then you have it where it goes into the lungs. They have a pulmonary lung. Then pulmonary. they have it into a pulmonary embolism. And then you have it, it can go to the lower extremities. All those things. Mm-hmm. Because we didn't go to the doctor. And that, sometimes you have symptoms of it. You know, you get right. lightheaded, you get dizzy. You know, you your eyes are starting to blur. At the very least, go to the ophthalmologist. Yeah. You can yeah. walk up to one of those doctors, like in the mall, and just to have somebody look at your eyes and just check and see if it's just that. That was me. Dull headache. I had a a tumor on my pituitary gland. Wow. Oh. And I, my vision was changing. Benign. Yeah, benign. They're ninety percent benign. I yeah. only knew one patient that it ever was malignant. Yeah, that's all I was most scared about. Mm-hmm. But. I thought my vision was changing. I was like, my vision changing too fast. Right. And ended up going to, you know, Will's Eye and found a pituitary gland, a tumor on a pituitary gland. I'm telling and you, the hospital two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just go right off right up. Yeah. And days. it's not people like, you going to cut my brain. Nope, mm-hmm. it's right here in your upper lip. I can just go up in your But if I would have never went, like, mm-hmm. I would have kept putting it off. My vision would have continued to get worse. And who knows what would have happened. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it would have continued to grow. So, Yeah. yeah. 
That was good. At least, at least you are, and it's good to tell those stories to other black men because That's why they I came need, here for the day. You know, yeah, they I'm need to hear that so they can say, "Listen, <laughs> I was nervous also, or this happened to me, and this is what I did." So when they need to report their stuff, it's not like, a, "Yeah, we don't do that." For sure. Right. For sure. That. You for know, sure. being dead. I mean, listen, you want to stay in the game as long as you can be. Sure. So this all I say is like. Let me know what it is. Give me a fighting chance, and we'll figure it out from there. Listen, I want to be. I want to rumble with everything. In the last <laughs> year, just from COVID alone, how many people? Over four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand, right? right. Four hundred thousand. So all of us know someone who has had COVID. Know someone who has died of COVID at this point in time. Right. If you are waking up and you have the opportunity to live a life, that person that got diagnosed with COVID ten days, two weeks ago, that's now dead. I promise you they would be prefer to be in a doctor's office. Right. They would yeah. prefer to be with their family or doing things. You know, living is the goal and living a quality life. I don't want to be struggling. I don't want to have the ailments. Uh, I don't want to um, just almost a surrendering to it. So, you know, For black sure. men, like, I don't surrender. You know, you surrendering to this? For sure. It's controlling you. Your blood pressure is controlling you. Your diabetes is controlling you. You have no control over that. Right, fight right. that thing like you fighting me to not take this pill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, real quick, let's um, jump into the importance of the, the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. All right. I'm going to explain this to you in a term. That Tell us pro, pro vaccine. All right. Let's go. Pro-vaccine. I am pro-vaccine. I've received my second dose just on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, I was warned that the second dose could, you know, make you feel really achy and things like that. So I said, okay. Oh, that's the same thing COVID does. <laughs> Listen, COVID, what I can't do is get COVID. Right. I can't do I can't bring right. that to my granddaughter. Right. I can't right. bring that to my family, you know, vulnerable, my friends and things like that. And I'm knee deep in it. You right. know, I'm, sure. I'm, I am uh, gowned, masked, double glove in 95 to the core literally going in the bathroom to breathe um to take a break um all of these things but the vaccine is this when we get this vaccine this vaccine is not the virus unlike the flu the flu vaccine gives you a small small portion of the the flu of that strand of the flu and what it does is help your, your body now attacks that small amount and form antibodies. This vaccine is not giving you COVID. This ma- vaccine is making your DNA respond and form what I like to call the hook. I'm, gonna put, I'm in the studio. I'm going to put my fist up. Mm-hmm. COVID vaccine, what makes it dangerous and how it hooks on cells. So it has this hook. What this messenger RNA that they're injecting us with, this vaccine, says to our cells, make this hook, Mm -hmm. just like COVID, and make it rapidly. Our body is made perfect. God made us amazing. He made us to function and work. The body always, 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 always tries to fix itself. So when we mess it up, our body is like, no, that's not what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You know, you have a heart attack or you have a stroke and blood is like, since this person's been here, this is what I'm supposed to flow. Mm -hmm. And the blood, no, it needs to get somewhere. So what the blood does is reroute because I got to get to my destination. So what this does is tell our body we're making these hooks. Our cells, the first injection, our cells are making these hooks. We're making them too fast. So our body is saying, hold it. Who that? Why are they coming up there? So, how, why so many of them? Oh, that's an op. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> I got to give it to you, though. Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why, why, they, why they coming up so fast? So hold up. Let me, uh, our, our body, the cleanser, our antibodies, our body say, yo, we got to get rid of that. It's too much of that. So what our body does with the magocytes and the phagocytes and things like that, these are the things that kill up bacteria. Say, yo, kill that. Right. Too much of them. Mm-hmm. He ain't supposed to be here. Right. So now in that process, it make antibodies to that hook. The beautiful part of this is that hook that's in COVID-19 is also the same hook in all of the COVIDs. Okay. So I'm not only getting protected. Did you you take Pfizer or Moderna? I took Pfizer. Okay. And and for that reason, Mm -hmm. because Pfizer research is based on eliminating that hook. So these um, phagocytes and everything else go attack that hook. And then what it does the messenger 
RNA creates a memory to ourselves. So anytime I breathe in COVID, get COVID, COVID comes into my body and that hook up here, those nice little phagocytes and magocytes that come in and kill it, say, yo, ain't that that boy that showed up the last time? Go get him again. Ain't that him? Oh, I remember you. I'm going to go get him again. So before he even get a chance to step off and pop anything off, oh, they already swooped in and jumped him. Now, the vaccine is getting a lot of bad raps because we see some deaths from the vaccine, but that's common with any vaccine. You, we have to be careful because if somebody died after the vaccine, that doesn't mean the vaccine. Can right, that's a, right. But yeah. there's usually deaths correlated to any vaccine. So you have patients that if they are hypersensitive to a flu shot, right. you're not the one that should get in line for that. Right. Um, and you need to be examined by your physician. You need to discuss it in details. Mm-hmm. And uh, often is if you are a patient that have a high chance of morbidity from whatever diseases you have, especially respiratory, it is crucial that you get it because what you can't tolerate is actual it's, COVID. Yep. Right. Yep. Yep. And we have a lot of that in our community, mm-hmm. and we just ignore it. You know, oh, the asthma. asthma. Why oh, I got asthma. in 2021 are black people still dying of asthma? Yep. That is ridiculous. Right. That is so ridiculous. You know why? Unmanaged. Yep. Unmanaged. Wait until they have an attack to start mm-hmm. trying to take medications to help their areola cells respond, and they've been jacked up for years. Unmanaged. We should not have it. It's a frustrating thing for, sure. um, for respiratory doctors, pulmonary doctors, um, to say, why in 2021, what is the black women die of asthma still at rampant rates? And that's really wildly underreported. So the vaccine, I am pro-vaccine. I've had the vaccine. Um, My coworkers, we are flocking to get it. We are the lucky ones that are allowed to get it. There are so many patients who have so many comorbidities that are waiting for a phone call to say they can get it. Right. and when it's available, as long as your risk factor. So difference with the flu vaccine, like if you have an egg allergy or something like that, oh, you can't take the flu vaccine. But we actually take that vaccine. And that that disease is so, that virus is so smart, it gets to mutate every year. Yep. Right. That's the thing with COVID. It kills more people. It, well, COVID has killed more people because it's so, so just dangerous. And it's so sure. difficult. And it affects, I've seen it kill a person that works out vegan healthy and someone had hypertension diabetes wound up needing dialysis while they were on it intubated beat it came around they went through the they went through the ringer i mean drug out sweeping the grave you know we were at points i'm like don't put no bags in front of my door and i mean body bags like nope they we were literally just in case you need it nope i ain't doing no bags today you're gonna live tonight you're gonna live today and with that, you can see, I've seen, we saw a young guy who was from um, Abington. He had, his parents both had COVID. Dad in the hospital, dad on high flow, mom intubated. She, they both make it. He's 27. He comes and he dies. No reason. It's no reason. So we can't pinpoint it as we try to evolve and, and find out And it's still a lot why. to learn about. It's so it's, much. Yeah, it's yeah. still a lot to learn. It's very new. But yeah. what we do know is that COVID, and when we look back, all the COVID vaccines, and this is why I like Pfizer, all the COVID, all COVID, when you look at this virus, this is nothing new. If you look on this, and it's, it's from COVID on there. 2019, COVID, it's COVID, it's on, COVID there. on there. This is 19, so it's been 19. Right. So now you get to this one. Why is it so deadly? We're still trying to figure that out. But we do know that the COVID cell has this hook. Right. What's mm-hmm. consistent? They all have a hook. Okay, cool. That identifies them. If I can do something to make antibodies against that hook, then I got you. Right. There you have it. Yeah. Um, you get the you get the you get the vaccine yet? I'm about to get it. You work in healthcare. It should be available mm-hmm. to you. No, nah, we. Yeah, he he, he got a second dose this week. So yeah, see, Rich one's in here yeah. today. So second I, dose. I did this, all right. So gonna make me go get it to de- get it next week. So. All right. Yeah. Line up, which you cannot. I mean, I. It's so. It, it's such a destructive. Virus. It, it literally, like, if you don't have diabetes, next thing you know, we're like, well, how they kidneys fail? We don't know. Mm-hmm. But now I'm doing dialysis. Yeah, that's crazy. And I had COVID. So it was yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And some people get it. And I, it was like I had a cold mm-hmm. with, with bad diarrhea and 
relief fatigue. The GI portion of yeah. it. Then you get the respiratory. GIs can be very, very long and lingering, but the respiratory, that's the deadly one. Yeah. When it starts affecting that. You remember, I don't know if you guys are old enough, back in the day when our parents used to put that angel hair on trees and it just looked like somebody took cotton, which is like fiberglass, really, and they spread it out. That's what your lungs look like. Right. There's nowhere for air. Yeah. I am literally forcing air through a ventilator at the highest pressure without literally exploding your lung to try to get air in. And I got how many days to do that before your body say, I can't do it? Right. On a healthy heart. Mm. On a 27-year-old heart. Okay. Learn about Vaccine? I'm pro-vaccine. Vaccine me. I'm pro-vaccine. Yeah. I mean, we just can't afford, like... I wish on Twitter and stuff like that when they show people getting and they doing the twitches. I just wish they show people, you know, who have it and it's like, I got my vaccine. Right. I know people who are afraid to tell their family they got their vaccine. That's a shame. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because everybody's showing like, yo, you going to take that vaccine? Yes. There's so many people that, yes. like, everybody gets vaccines, but this is because it's something yeah. new. You're like, yeah. I got Listen, the flu. If I didn't get a vaccine for the measles, the measles would have killed me. Thank right. you. <laughs> I got um, flu. I had the flu last year. I got the vaccine. I got the vaccine in, like, right. November. I had the flu in February, beginning of February, right. and I was like, I wonder if it was COVID, but it wasn't. That flu, I woke up totally fine that day. Three o'clock, <clears throat> scratchy in my throat. Yep. Six o'clock, oh, let me take something. I feel something coming. Eleven o'clock, thought I was dead. Right. Oh my God, I was the, the next morning in urgent care parking lot, like mm-mm, as a nurse. Right. And I'm like, listen, this gotta be the flu. Flu hit you, hit you hard. COVID, right. COVID chill. Yeah. Two yeah. weeks, sit around. up in there, yeah, let you spread it all out. Yeah. I do respect this, just the pure genius of the virus itself. Sure. That's some smart stuff. I got something for you. Every time a virus infects a person, it gets smarter and smarter. That's why it's beating us. Yeah, it's picking yeah. up data. <laughs> I know. This is how that stuff works. Yeah. I'm going to do this the next time on this yeah. person. So the flu. Why the flu continues? It gets smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter. Right. COVID is like the flu on crack. Right. Like just wilding out. Keys, we appreciate you coming through. Mm, thank you, thank you. Yeah, episode 102. Right Thanks for having me, Chad. Oh, shut Thanks up. for yeah. having me, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> episode 102. See y'all next week. Rate, review, subscribe.